Yeah, I was going thing. to make a joke about how I was going to hum a few lines from the Spider-Man PS4 theme, and then whenever somebody oh. said that it was the Kenobi theme, I was going to. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Is it the? Dun, 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 yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's the part to me that sounds like Spider-Man. Now, see, I haven't played the Spider-Man game, so I would have yeah. automatically assumed it was probably Kenobi. Right. That's it. That's the Spider-Man one. Yeah. I would probably, I would probably be like, Luke, you're a little off on that. Uh-huh. You're missing a couple of notes. You're like, no, that's the Spider-Man thing. Some pitches. No. Yeah. <laughs> this is good. What'd you call me? Hmm? <laughs> I, listen, Abby has the Abby's grumpy at the board. <laughs> yeah, she is. You guys got me up early for this. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to the Star Wars Historian Show here on the Gazebo Effect Network. My name is David Gonzalez, and I'm joined by my best friend and co-host, Luke Fornay. Whoa, it's me. It is you. Who Literally the third. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's just our thing now. Like, every I, single week. Yeah. I'm, I'm really just, glad. I'm really thankful that you've had me as a guest on this show for so many episodes. Luke, do you hear me when I talk? <laughs> because I literally call you my co-host every single episode. You're not a guest. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Anyway, we are obviously back to talk through the final two episodes of the Obi-Wan Kenobi show on Disney+. And joining us to cover these two final episodes, we have the show of requirement co-host with me, Abby Tooley. Hey guys, I am actually like probably way too excited to record this episode because <laughs> i love this show so much and i could talk about it right. all day but cody's been gone all week so i haven't been able to talk with him about it so it's well, all just pent up what, yeah <laughs> yes. it's just pent up aggression uh, <laughs> or no aggression is probably not the aggressive right negotiations nice mm, yeah very good but obviously we are covering uh part five and part six today And so just to kind of do this in order, we're obviously going to talk about part five first, and then we'll talk about talk about part six uh, a little bit later. So let's just dive into part five. Abby, since you're our guest, what what were your thoughts on this episode just overall? What I've found with the Kenobi series so far is every episode I watch becomes the best one. And so now that all of them are out, I'm like, hot dang, this is all so good. (laughs) So episode five, when I watched it, felt absolutely amazing, like better than any of the other episodes Mm -hmm. before episode six came out. Right. I absolutely loved every second. I get all upset because I get on Twitter and I see people Mm. criticizing the episodes and I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, guys, you're missing it. You're missing everything. Yeah. Um, 
because episode five was so good. We had so much jam packed into like 50 minutes worth of television. And right. I was just really excited to see some of the scenes that we did because I thought it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Luke, what about you? Uh, I echo many of the same thoughts. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed getting to actually learn something more about Riva's character in this episode. Mm. And uh, it was a very good way, I think, to continue the story. Um, Yeah, I was... was, Overall, I've been really impressed with the storytelling in the season because I... They're not, like... Essentially what uh they've been doing is they've been given a almost impossible situation to write a gripping story mm-hmm. even though we know what happens to most of these people um and yet it's still like they keep doing things that I wouldn't have thought of and mm-hmm. yet are fantastic so um I've really enjoyed uh, episode 5 Definitely still keeps you on the edge of your seat. And mm-hmm. the whole time I'm reminding myself, I know what happens to these characters. Yeah. <laughs> I know what happens to them. They're fine. Yeah. But I'm still like, oh my gosh. So good. So this entire series, this is how I know that it's probably unlike any other Star Wars show that we've gotten so far in the Disney era, is that I know exactly when it's going to come out. And... Even with The Mandalorian, this is how I kind of decided on where to put Obi-Wan Kenobi, which I'll talk about later in my like official TV show rankings, is that even for The Mandalorian, I would wake up or I would just watch it whenever I would wake up, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, which means I still enjoyed it. I still had a lot of fun. However, with Kenobi, I will intentionally wake up earlier just to watch Kenobi. Yeah. Like... Because I'm just, I can't wait for the next episode. And so what other way to start part five and again to respond to the criticisms of we need more Clone Wars flashbacks than to just give us a flashback immediately Mm -hmm. as soon as this episode starts. Uh, And I think I'm reminded again of why I'm so glad that Star Wars fans are not necessarily in charge of making the story mm-hmm. because i think if we would have had flashbacks this entire time throughout the show this flashback wouldn't have been as significant as it was especially because it was a flashback that carried the that 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 story carried out was carried out through the entire episode like it carried so much weight mm-hmm. it wasn't flashbacks just for the sense of fan service it was intentional and it meant something yeah and i think that's what you can say about part five that every single thing that happened in this episode was intentional Mm -hmm. it was and not only was it intentional but it has been set up throughout the previous four episodes to where when you finally get some answers in this episode it makes sense and it's a huge payoff to what they've been doing the entire entire series and so this I think this episode, part five, was so, I think, just satisfying of an episode. And again, completely set up the finale so, so well. Um, 
that I just, I just, I just loved it so, so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm going to kind of, we're going to walk through this episode just a little bit and feel free to stop me if there's a point to where you just like, hey, I, I just want to sit on this for a second and to mm-hmm. discuss some things through. But let's go ahead and talk about the flashback scene. So it's obviously Jedi Knight Obi-Wan Kenobi with his Padawan Anakin for a sparring session. Uh, and, you know, Kenobi asks Skywalker if he's ready and Anakin says, are you? And then they and then they clash. And then we jump over to um, the Devastator, Imperial Star Destroyer of Vader. And Reva is aboard. Vader says, do you know where Kenobi is? And he said, yeah, I know where he is. He's on this, but we've been tracking him down to, uh, I think it's called Jibim or Jabim. Jabim. Pretty Jabim, sure. sorry. My bad. Uh, and so Vader does what he sets out to do, does what he promises, and makes her the Grand Inquisitor. And so they set course for the planet immediately. We then jump uh, back to Roken's uh, transport, descending on the planet's atmosphere, landing at the Path's base. Um, Hija is back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because obviously, since he helped Kenobi, the Empire put a bounty on him. So he's mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm like, I'm a fugitive, just like a Jedi. Yeah. And he's <laughs> looking to exploit business opportunities on the planet. Um, so again, Kenobi talks with Roken and telling him that he needs to get Leia back to Alderaan on the transport. Uh, Roken explains that there's been other people who have been waiting in this base for months to return and or to get to where they need to go. Um, and so Kenobi promises to do anything that he can what we don't know well actually we do know and we see more of is that lola has been reprogrammed mm-hmm. uh to fly into the base's power plant and hack the electrical system sealing the root hangar door um the kenobi notices a writing on the wall that says the light will fade but is never forgotten mm-hmm. uh, and we also get to see him with multiple lightsabers i thought that that was really really cool um of seeing just how many jedi have escaped yeah. Uh, that the Jedi are not really gone, that they're still around. Um, but that has some implications later, I think we can talk about in other episodes. Um, but the planet is being locked down. We're seeing uh, Kenobi just saying, basically anticipating his neck. He's like, Vader is going to lead the hunt and he plans to attack the base. He's not, gonna, he's, he's not patient enough to uh, basically lay down a siege. And then Roka says, how do you know that? And we go back to the flashback that, again, goes yeah. out the entire episode to where Anakin is just advancing aggressively mm-hmm. on Kenobi, prompting Kenobi to warn him that the Jedi's goal is to defend life rather than to take it. Mm-hmm. But then Skywalker annoys Kenobi's warning and advances on him, countering that the mercy that mercy does not defeat an enemy, Stay, using this as the reason of why Kenobi is going to lose. And so we go back to Vader uh, dispatching two starships to attack the Path's base. Mm -hmm. Uh, Any comments so far on this episode? Just things that you enjoyed? I think for the first thing, the fact that the way that uh, Lola messes with the uh, members of the Path is her shutting, like, down the the bay doors i think Mm -hmm. that's fantastic because it it really and they could have probably leaned into this a little bit more but i think it was good for the tone of the show 
and what was happening. But like that is actually really scary. <laughs> like to be this close from escaping and then to be locked in while you know that the enemy is coming and yeah. is going to surround you. I think that is fantastic, both kind of in-story strategy and also uh, writing-wise. I think that's really great. Mm-hmm. Um, and as for the the flashbacks, uh, or, I mean, I think we can be pretty sure that it is, like, an actual flashback, but I think the story works just the same if Obi-Wan is sort of imagining this himself. Mm-hmm. Or, or if they're having like a sort of meaning of the minds. But I guess if, if both yeah. him and Vader are recalling this session, which the, the cutting of the Made show it seem like they were. seems to rely on, then it's probably actually happened. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's fantastic. And I love the way that it works out. Yeah, the flashbacks were so fun. And Dave, like David, you're right. It's not a fan service because they did it for a purpose. They mm-hmm. did it for the show. Um, I mean, obviously, everything they do is also for the fans because right. we love Star Wars. Right. But, but it's not. It's not it's, merely fan service. Right. Yeah. It served a purpose. And I was so frustrated that we finally got that scene, and then so many people were complaining about it. Yeah. And I was like. It doesn't matter if maybe they didn't use the same facial technology to make him look younger or, you know, maybe their wigs or their hair which didn't is, quite look right. Whatever. You which know. is part of the region or not region, part of the reason <laughs> why I was also allowing for it to be maybe this is a kind of more of a imagined fight yeah. than a memory. But, I mean, I think it could just as easily be both mm-hmm. both imagination and memory but who yeah. knows well and i think they probably just didn't do it just because they said we don't need to you yeah. know it's not that's not such a big deal yeah. which is what i was thinking too i was like okay yeah. he does look a little bit older but i really don't care yeah um because again anytime we can get hayden christensen back as anakin skywalker oh, no matter yeah. what he Amazing. looks like i'm i'm so okay with it. and, and Personally, I was so glad, both in this episode and in the next one, that you do get to see his face. Mm-hmm. Like, I was worried mm-hmm. in the earlier episodes, whenever we saw Vader, that he was just going to be locked away and behind the mask the whole time, and that you're only going to hear the the voice synthesizer and not his own Ugh, voice. We're going to get to talk about that later. Yeah, it's going to be so good. <laughs> yes, we will. Um, yeah. But I think, honestly, any fans who really have such a problem with this need to take a second to appreciate the the kind of the honor and the respect that is being given to Hayden Mm -hmm. that you're not covering over his face that you are giving him a chance to act and Mm -hmm. I I think it's great and I and I understand there's people who believe that Hayden Christensen got a raw deal during the time of the prequels and so they want him to be able to get the same opportunity as Ewan has right now in terms of having his own show. But here's the thing. Hayden's character doesn't really allow that same opportunity that Ewan does mm-hmm. because he is Darth Vader now. Right. Um, and what and I... so... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. 
Oh, and I was just going to say, so whenever we're talking about, man, I wish we can get more Hayden as Anakin, I, I, I can understand that. But at the same time, uh, the show isn't about him. No. Yeah. And even as Vader, which again, we will get to later on, he pulls off Vader so well. He does. It he's fantastic. It is fantastic but abby what were you gonna say and something else that i love about including the flashbacks but then also just thinking about like the fear that you mentioned like everyone was feeling as they know that like they're trapped and vader's mm-hmm. coming like i think what this last like stage of star wars has really done to set up for us mm-hmm. is just really how like bad vader is and like you forget Mm -hmm. that sometimes but like i think about the ending of this episode we're talking about and like like i think about fallen order when you see like vader at the end the ending of like rogue Mm -hmm. one i think of like Mm -hmm. how they've made vader such a great villain again Mm -hmm. let's not forget part three when he literally just snapped that kid's neck Ugh, which Daniel which, enjoyed. It was so, it was so freaky. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Oh heck, that's Vader!" <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah. I was a little bit. Um, I was a little bit concerned because he uh, episode five started with a content warning, and I'm like, "I know." Uh, the last episode we saw him snap some kid's neck. I know. I don't, what's I don't know what the content <laughs> warning's about. Yeah. Um, but what I think is so cool is getting these flashbacks. And, like, seeing what happened in episode six really reminds us Mm. that underneath Vader is still Anakin. And the internal struggle that Obi-Wan's having, remembering, like, he sees Vader and all he's seeing is Vader, but also remembering that underneath there is his brother, who he feels like he's failed. And Mm. who who he loves and misses and has so much regret and guilt. Um, Yeah. And so seeing the flashbacks and seeing that struggle with Obi-Wan and then mm-hmm. seeing getting to see like part of Anakin's face in episode mm-hmm. six, like just reminds us that like what happened to Anakin was a tragedy and yeah. mm-hmm. that I had to remind myself that he is redeemed later mm-hmm. <laughs> because right now it's just so awful yeah. and it's so sad. The amount of times I bawled during these <laughs> episodes right. was crazy, but I loved getting to see Hayden play Anakin again, but also loved seeing Hayden play Vader because he does amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so moving on through this episode, we see Bail Organa contact Kenobi, leaving him a message basically saying that he's worried by the lack of communication. Uh, I mean, and again, I get it. You know, he misses his daughter and is worried about her. Uh, but he fears that Vader has found Kenobi or has learned about the children. And that if he doesn't hear from Kenobi soon, he's going to travel to Tatooine to protect Owen and Luke. Um, so following this, we kind of have this moment with Tala to where she talks about how she took part in this operation to round up four four sensitive families uh, under the cover of arresting people for tax evasion. Mm-hmm. And she was traumatized by the death of those 14 people, including the six children at the hand of the Inquisitors. Yeah. And so Tala resolves to kind of make amends for the wrongdoing by helping to fight off these Imperials that are here now. And so we have this huge, uh, I think probably my favorite part of this entire episode, which was Reva and Kenobi. 
And so Kenobi is looking to buy them some time by having a conversation with Reva. Uh, and so Kenobi, as people were not patient and waiting to find out, how does she know about Vader's identity as Anakin? Uh, since she was like, he was like, you're too young to n- actually have known him. But then Kenobi kind of works out. You were youngling. Mm-hmm. You were there at mm-hmm. Order 66 at the temple. And so Reva, again, gives her her account of her own story. Um, because she believed that Vader, Anakin at the time, was there to help them against the 501st Legion. And was shocked when he murdered her family. And she survived by playing dead, by hiding among the bodies until they grew cold. Uh, Again, Ewan does a fantastic... I I mean, Moses does a great job in recounting this story. And Ewan does such an amazing job of reacting to this story. Mm -hmm. Of just making you feel like... Kind of like the sense of... Revenge of the Sith, when he says, when he's watching the holograms of Anakin, you know, killing Jedi, when he says, I can't watch anymore. Mm-hmm. He, he's kind of saying, I don't want to hear anymore. Um, and then we just get this really, really great moment to where Kenobi realizes that Reva is planning on killing Vader because of this. Mm-hmm. That's her whole reason of doing this, is just to get close to him. And Kenobi says, we should work together. Help me take him down. And Reva is just kind of like, do you really want to kill Vader? Mm. And then, okay, I thought this is the only thing. I'm not I'm not saying I, it ruined the show for me in any way, but I was just like, I wish Kenobi would have given this response. And I, I've seen some TikToks where they've done this. But like, Reva asks, like, where were you when we needed you? And I wanted Kenobi to be like, uh, I was on Utapau trying to destroy General Grievous in the war. Mm -hmm. Um, But I understand why he didn't, because, again, there's just so much guilt on Mm -hmm. him. Right. And I think, you know, if he had responded that way, it would have... It's not a very... It's not compassionate. It's not a human way to respond at all. Instead, it would be more like this... uh, kind of hyperbolic character that Luke describes in the sequels of like, because I was a legend because I was Mm -hmm. such and such. And Obi-Wan's already past the point of any sort of considering himself to be a legend. Not that I necessarily did so before, but like any kind of pride that he did have was down the gutter. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And so after this, we see the defenses breached. And the only thing I will say for this, Tala dies yeah. in this episode. I uh, kind of saw it coming, yeah. but I was still sad about but it. But she has a good death. I, she she has a good death. She sacrifices herself. Uh, it was It was incredible. We then go back to the flashback scene to where Skywalker kind of drives Kenobi to the edge of the balcony and tells his master to admit that he is beaten. Uh, From here, 
we see that Lola is watching Leia because Leia is the one that they send up through the cables and wires <laughs> to kind of turn back on the system and to open she up. She demanded. There was no asking yeah. her. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. They did not ask. She volunteered to do that. Yeah. Um, and so Kenobi is captured. They escort him back. Um, again, there's a little bit back and forth to where Kenobi kind of says, you know you know that Vader's not going to let civilians go, including the children. And reiterates his offer to stop Vader again with his help. Um, when Reva asks if he won't see it coming, Kenobi replies that Vader will be too fixated on him to even know that this is going to happen. Uh and so then we go to the flashback again. Kenobi breaks out of the corner that Skywalker had him in. They resume their fight. But Skywalker manages to knock the lightsaber out of Kenobi's hand. Um, and then Kenobi warns Anakin that his need for victory blinds him. Mm-hmm. So then we go back into the present to where Vader arrives on the Path Fortress, meeting up with Reva, asking, where is Kenobi? And he's inside, and so Vader is determined to bring in Kenobi himself. Uh, and so we know after this that Leia is able to restore power back up because she takes off the restraining bolt off of Lola. Um, they head to the transport, head back to the transport. Uh, Vader gets there, mm. yeah. and so good, kind of a, like a forced unleash. Yeah, like, it is very forced on Paying amazing. homage to them. Yeah. Because uh, he rips the ship apart while grabbing it and just forcing it. And I'm not, I'm not talking about like it's a struggle for him. Like no, he just like, he just, like pulls it down. Yeah. And man, it was it was so awesome. But I, was, then, I was pretty scared watching yeah. that ship just yeah. get torn to pieces. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I was terrified as well. But then it's Clone Wars Kenobi like into where the ship that he tore apart was only a decoy mm-hmm. because they had another ship and they were able to escape and go away going back to the flashback to where obi-wan breaks free of anakin in the sparring match and he uses the force to grab anakin's lightsaber to where we have this good moment to where kenobi tells anakin he's a great warrior but his need to prove himself is his undoing mm-hmm and he says that you have to overcome this desire if you want to move past being a Padawan. Mm. And it's a great final final conclusion to this flashback scene. You Again, know, throughout the episode. And I think that um, I, I didn't put this together the first time I watched it. But as you were saying it just now, I've put it together that this is exactly what Vader will talk about in A New Hope. When mm-hmm. we last met, I was but a learner. Mm-hmm. Now I am the master. And so yeah. Obi-Wan says, unless you do this, you will stay a Padawan forever. And then yeah. New Hope is a reversal of that where Vader says, I, I have transcended you. I have transcended what I was. There's some yeah. amazing parallels mm-hmm. in the series. So much. That's so so much. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and just to kind of finish this episode out, we know that Reva then attempts to kill Vader, oh. uh, which this was a really, really cool, yeah, really cool scene. Vader just not even having to use his lightsaber 
to dodge Reva's blows. Again, because Reva is just so filled with anger. She's kind of out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, Honestly, watching him use the force to stop her lightsaber yeah. and like moving around. It's wild. Yeah. It's really cool. It was super, super cool. And he eventually like gets her lightsabers into two hilts. Um, and then stabs her just like he did in the temple. And he remembers her. Yeah. This entire time he remembered her. Did you her, think that I did one. not see? Or- Guys. Yeah. I'm a little bitter, not really bitter. It's it. That's just me saying that. I'm yeah. so sad that so many people have been stabbed in the gut, and yet we lost Qui Gon in Episode One. <laughs> yes. Darth Maul was cut in half, and he survived. Well, but the, all the people who have been stabbed in the gut and survived, oh, as the Grand Inquisitor will genius. say in the end of this episode, were fueled yeah. by revenge. That is very true. And so Qui Gon. I know that. I'm still sad though. <laughs> but it got no, us to where I've, we are today. So I've good. got I've. I've seen so many people debate over that exact detail so much and to go so far as to like draw a diagram of the human body, <laughs> like of the internal organs oh my and gosh. to be like, well, Ma was stabbed right in the middle. Uh, Reva was stabbed like going down, but Qui-Gon was stabbed going up. And by him going, being stabbed going up, it actually pierced some very, specific organs that are necessary to survive and that is why qui-gon died it wasn't it was like the angle of this of of the actual lightsaber going through matters like Mm -hmm. and so i think it's just funny that so many people go to those like it's fine it's okay it's okay um but yeah the grand inquisitor does say that you know he says, revenge is a wonderful fuel for the will to live. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's no longer the Grand Inquisitor. They kind of leave her there. But she finds the hollow projector that Kenobi accidentally left back where it has the message from Bale. And so it goes back to Luke Skywalker sleeping in his bed at the Lars homestead. Yeah, And that is how the episode ends. And that is part five of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Again, a fantastic episode. But we all know what we're here for. (laughs) The finale. (laughs) Part six. Again, let's just give our... What were your thoughts of of the finale of Obi-Wan Kenobi? You know, it it did so much more than land the plane. It, Uh It... it did tie together all the things that had been set up before in the show, mm-hmm. but yeah. it more importantly was, it had a lot of heart to it mm-hmm. um, in the writing and in how much like star Wars it really was yeah. um, yes. beyond fan service. It was just like it, it makes everything click. It mm-hmm. makes sense of, how the characters of Revenge of the Sith further became the characters that we see in A New Hope. And Mm. it's it's great. Yeah. Right. David, I think I texted this to you after I watched it. But, like, it is, for me, one of the best episodes of TV I think I've ever watched, Mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. And even, like, if you were to take out this episode... 
in this one episode, put it in my rankings of like all the Star Wars movies, it would probably rank before all the Star Wars <laughs> movies. <laughs> because I loved this episode so much. It made me feel so many different emotions and mm. really tied together, like Luke said, so much of either the questions we had or some of the, it filled so many gaps. Right. And we got to see the coming together of like the ending of the season. And I thought it was absolutely amazing. And I will forever just go back and rewatch and rewatch and rewatch because it was so, so good. And I loved Mm -hmm. every single second. I have no complaints, like zero. (laughs) It was so good. I just cannot get enough of this finale. Honestly, it was like Luke said, it, it not only landed the plane, but was everything that Star Wars has has always been. Mm-hmm. Uh, and managed to put all of that in one episode. <laughs> yeah. That was minutes. 50 minutes long. <laughs> you know? Uh, because I think we got so many characters who I think were elevated even in perception for, for us. So... I mean, the, and for this section, we're not going to go through the entire story. I mean, we will probably hit on everything, but I'm not going to mm-hmm. do a summary like I like I usually do. But let's just start here. Owen, Lars, and Baru. Yeah, mm-hmm. were fantastic in this episode. Yes. I'm, I never knew how much I needed more of their characters mm-hmm. until now. It, exactly. And then exactly. I'm like, oh my gosh, I want so much more content. <laughs> yeah. Well, and... Yeah, no, you're exactly right, because you get a smidge of, like, the characters and and their personalities and things like that in A New Hope, Mm -hmm. but, like, Mm -hmm. then it gets quickly overshadowed by everything else that happens, which, I mean, I Mm -hmm. think it's fair, because there's a giant space station that explodes things, (laughs) but still, uh, just the sweetness of Baru and, like, the gruff, but, like, loving protection of Owen, you get to see that played out far more in this episode and in this show in general. Especially with Baru. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we have the scene to where Owen finds out that Reva's after them, you know, and that she's coming. And he suggests, okay, he's coming for Luke. We need to we need to run with Luke. We need to grab what we need. Baru Baru refuses to leave. She says, we're going to stay and fight. Yeah. All Luke needs is us. And so this is what we're going to do. And so she <laughs> she takes out these two blasters and says, <laughs> we're going to we're gonna blow some stuff up. Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that like kind of it. attitude. Like, we got it. And I thought that both Owen and Baru in this episode, especially with, with Owen, I'm not saying that I disliked Owen, but it was kind of one of those things that were just like, you're being mean to my boy. Yeah, you know, exactly. Kind of um <laughs> <laughs> but that's what we really that's what we said earlier about <laughs> <Rita. laughs> yeah, that's what we said earlier. Um, but he he deeply cares for Luke. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says a line later on, which I think mm-hmm. is absolutely amazing, where he says, He is my own. Yeah. You know? Um Oh my gosh, there's just so many good things that we can talk about. But <laughs> I just thought their entire their entire part of this episode was just absolutely fantastic. Again, I every little detail in this episode was just so, so good and was so Star Wars. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. in, insane. 
Um, but even then, like we see that that Kenobi makes this decision as any Jedi would. Again, it's 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 Obi Wan Kenobi, the Jedi, who makes a decision because they're getting their ship is getting you know hammered mm-hmm. by the star destroyer you know they don't have a lot of time left mm-hmm. really uh their hyperdrive is shot uh and so they can't escape really um and they make the decision kenobi makes the decision i'm gonna mm-hmm. i'm gonna go and he's gonna follow me because all he wants is me mm-hmm. he's not gonna care about you mm-hmm. which leia has you know huge problems with you know she's she's not a fan of that um, but I, again, you have the sweet moment to where Kenobi gives Leia Tala's empty gun hol- holster, mm-hmm. kind of as a parting gift. Um, again, I, and again, there's just, ah, oh man, I know I said I wasn't going to talk about scenes specifically or, or like break it down, but do I it, think even mm-hmm. Ro- even hit Kenobi's scene with Roken yeah. was fantastic. Uh, this because isn't Kenobi, about us. yeah, it's, about it's you not a, and him. <laughs> yeah, but then Kenobi tells Roken that the rebellion needs more leaders like him, mm-hmm. and then Roken says, "I'm just getting started." Yeah. Like, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. And I think we even see the Grand Inquisitor having a good moment again. He wasn't as big in the show as I think a lot of people thought, and even mm-hmm. I thought that he was going to be. Yeah, but that makes yeah. sense because he's such a huge part of Rebels. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't need to be the main. He doesn't need to be super active in the show. It just makes sense for him to be there, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, but I do appreciate the time that we do see him. That we do get with him. Um, yeah. Uh, mainly because I think he his dialogue is written fantastically. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so, too. He's such a annoying little twerp, and I love him. <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes sense, too, because even in the comics, in the Vader comics, yeah. when, you know, the Inquisitorius is first created... Like the Grand Inquisitor and Lord Vader are often at times at odds, yeah. you know, in terms of method and approach. And even in this, again, this is why it's so Star Wars, because the Grand Inquisitor was just like, we have an opportunity to take out the entire path system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're going after Kenobi. Have you guys seen the freeze frame of his face <laughs> from that scene? Mm-hmm. There's like a no. picture that someone took and it looks like he's just like, in the background just like so done with vader (laughs) just like being obsessed with kenobi yeah he he's just so so good in this episode um and again reva just at the point to where she's seeing red all the time now at this point Mm -hmm. like she i think at this point she is so lost of what to do um and she just wants to make people hurt at this point i think um it's just it's crazy to me that she went all the way to Tatooine to kill a child. Like <laughs> that was her that was her goal. That was her mission. Um and I don't know what her plan would have been after that because like Vader didn't know about Luke. Right. And so part of me is like mm-hmm. at this point Vader doesn't know, so Vader wouldn't have cared. So if she would have I don't know, taken him to Vader and been like, look what I did. I don't I don't know what her plan was. Or maybe it wasn't to show Vader at all, maybe just for her own general pleasure. I don't know. Yeah. Revenge. Yeah. Revenge. Um, but we then get to see 
what they've been kind of advertising this entire time as the rematch of the century mm-hmm. with and Vader is. and Kenobi. So, thoughts on on this battle? I've heard the criticism that it wasn't good, that the camera oh. shooting was terrible. That's ridiculous. Uh, it's dumb. That's so dumb. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's this. Oh my goodness. This fight scene was fantastic. And I think even though we get a whole lot of fight scenes in Mandalorian, I think it's better than all of those fight scenes too. Uh, mm. It's just the reawakened kind of Kenobi against this full rage Vader. It's a, it's a beautiful sight. Um, yeah, the camera shooting is different. Like, so we're getting, it feels very like, to me, it felt like the way that they shot the camera work and the way that it moved made it feel like we were there in the moment Mm -hmm. with them, Mm -hmm. which made it feel so much more intimate to me instead of like, we're watching it like a movie. It's like, we're there in the middle of it. And Mm -hmm. so I really appreciated the way that it was done, even though it was different than what we're used to. I don't know. I really, it gave me the vibe that we were frozen in the spot of time with the two of them in this battle and we're right there alongside Mm -hmm. them going through it 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 definitely is shot differently and i think the issue is is that we're trying to say this has to live up to the movie quality or the movie style of their former fight you know Mm -hmm. um and i think when we when we do that when it's done differently, it's very easy for us to just be turned off to it and just be like, oh, this wasn't good. But this fight scene was just so much fun because in a weird way, Kenobi doesn't know Vader anymore Mm -hmm. in terms of his fighting style. Like it's completely different. Mm -hmm. And so we have to feel like Kenobi, this battle is going to be unpredictable, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so I think the coolest thing about this and probably the most touching moment, I mean, we'll get to the very, very touching moment later, Mm -hmm. later on, but obviously Vader is at the beginning dominating Kenobi, Mm -hmm. not as much as he was, um, in their first fight in, I think it was part three, Mm -hmm. wasn't dominating nearly as much as that. And even Vader comments and saying, you're growing stronger, but you're still not strong enough. You still have the same weakness. Yeah. Yes. And so he pins him with a bunch of rocks and debris on top of him, kind of like crushing him, thinking (laughs) this battle's already over. This battle's done. But focusing on, yes, focusing (laughs) on the memories of Luke and Leia, he's able to throw that off of him and just dominate from there on there on out uh he damages his life support system his Mm -hmm. armor and then he eventually strikes his helmet damaging his mask and exposing the left side of his scarred face and this is what Mm -hmm. i wanted to talk about right here probably one of the best scenes in this episode yeah if not the best mm-hmm. in the episode. Yeah. And the best had, in the season, I think. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't think uh, I've ever because... gotten so many goosebumps in my life <laughs> than when I watched this scene. I was crying the whole time, but it was so good. Yeah, because Kenobi says, Anakin. Vader responds to saying, Anakin is gone. I'm all that remains. To where Kenobi starts crying and we all start crying. Uh-huh. And he apologizes to Anakin. Again, believing that it was his fault that Anakin became Vader. To where Vader replies, I'm not your failure, Obi-Wan. You did not kill Anakin. I did. Mm -hmm. The same way that I'm going to destroy you. To where Kenobi says a line that can be tied back to (laughs) Return of the Jedi from Luke. Yeah. To where he says his then my friend is truly dead. Mm-hmm. Then he also says goodbye, Darth. Yeah. <laughs> which ties into a new hope it does. to where he says to where he says, When I left you, I was but the learner, but now I am the master. Only a master of evil, Darth. Yeah. <laughs> so just so many oh man, this scene did everything because this scene liberated Kenobi from the guilt that he was feeling. And it also makes sense of, like, (laughs) I think some people could think of Obi-Wan and the original trilogy as being a little bit of a jerk because he said, like, what I told you was true from a certain point of view. And, Mm -hmm. uh, well, you have it here from the man's mouth himself that Mm -hmm. Vader wasn't, or sorry, Obi-Wan wasn't being like coy and saying that, um, he was a little coy, but he (laughs) he wasn't just being outright deceitful whenever he said that Vader destroyed Anakin. Mm -hmm. Um, it's what he was told. Yeah. By Vader. Mm -hmm. And I love the use of, the lightsaber glows in this scene Mm -hmm. because you get that little bit of like the I'm not your failure and it's like blue and like everyone feels like everyone's crying and then all of a sudden it's like you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker like I did and then it's like all red he's like I'm gonna destroy you and then it's like oh my gosh that was amazing like it felt so soft from it like maybe maybe there's a little bit of Anakin in there and then it's like ah Vader no (laughs) um (laughs) Which then, like, I see a lot of fans online that I don't know if they're reading too much into it or if, like, if it's just so hard to tell, but everyone's talking about, like, his eye colors and they're like, they're blue at the beginning, they're blue at the beginning, and then they're like, they're yellow at the end because you get Anakin and then you get Vader. And, like, honestly, it was so dark, it was hard for me to tell. Yeah, it is very dark. But, um, yeah. So Fantastic. I'm not really scene. sure. I don't really know, but it was still a really touching scene, and the the use of lighting and the dialogue mm-hmm. and the emotion. Ewan McGregor's acting. Can we just take a minute? <laughs> he did so good. Yeah, um, yeah. I think the creepiest thing in this entire episode was just seeing Hayden in the suit mm-hmm. and his voice being mixed in with the Ugh. kind of modifier in his and in the suit yeah yeah that was fantastic and the the back and forth of that and again he's just so good at being vader as well but also being anakin Mm -hmm. on top of that 
Yeah. And just being able to blend those two nicely and to do that so well. I think this scene, the only reason why I say this scene wasn't. Okay, I shouldn't say this. Okay, it, it's a fantastic scene. I just think there's so many good scenes in this episode yeah. uh, that I want really want to get to. And so obviously we see that Reva is on Tatooine trying to kill Luke yeah. to where Luke actually flees to Beggar's Canyon. Mm-hmm. Beggar's Canyon back uh, home. Yep. <laughs> and so... Reva uses the force to kind of dislodge the rock that Luke is standing on, knocking him out unco- unconscious. Kenobi is heading back to Tatooine in that, sensing that he is in danger. And when Reva tries to kill Luke, she's haunted by the flashbacks of the great Jedi Purge mm-hmm. and Darth Vader. And she also sees a vision of her younger self in Luke's place. Yeah. And she doesn't do it. Not only does she not do it, but she brings Luke back to Owen and Baru with Kenobi just getting there and arriving. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically saying that she could not kill Luke. And that she's failed to avenge her family's deaths at Vader's hand. To where Kenobi reassures her that she has not failed. That she brought peace and honor by showing mercy. Yeah. And also saying that she, you did not fall to the dark side. You're free to choose your own destiny and your own mm-hmm. path. And reassuring her that they are both free yeah. mm-hmm. from their torment. I thought this was a beautiful way. Again, not to end Reva's story. I've heard that criticism before that they didn't tie Reva's story in a nice bow. And I very much disagree with that Mm -hmm. um because her whole story was about this about seeking revenge and to avenge the death of her fellow younglings and she's now freed from that so the the things that were set up for her as like her character arc in this story have been Mm -hmm. settled the revenge has yeah. been done away with. Now there's mm-hmm. still more to Reva's story, definitely, but I mean how mm-hmm. yes. there's not more that you need to put in the series. Right. Yeah. Again, I don't know. <laughs> I'll talk about this a little bit later. I'll just I'll just hold off into the end when we just talk about the series as a whole. So I'll mm-hmm. I'll pause on that. Okay. Um but then we have this kind of uh moment to where Leia's back on Alderaan. She's she's dressing herself, she's combing her own hair, all that mm-hmm. stuff. She then Leia has the holster on like yeah. on her outfit. Um, well well we can't and, forget Obi Wan's great line is like, you're ten, I'm not giving you a gun. Yeah, that's true. When he gave her the holster in the first place, absolutely. Um and so ba- uh Bale kind of sees this as well, you know. The, the holster and Leia tells him that she's discovered there's many ways to lead and that she's, she's, she would like to change some things. And so Bale says, we'll, we'll, we'll change it together. Yeah. Kind of that the Just, again, a beautiful, it's so wholesome. beautiful yeah. moment right there. Um, yeah. But Kenobi comes back 
You know, he comes to Alderaan, mm-hmm. and oh man, I love this so much. Seeing Bale and Kenobi embrace was yeah. just too much for me. I could not handle it. I really. It was just so. And then, and then he just shakes his wife's hand. Yeah. <laughs> I really. I. I mean, I. I relate to Brianna, that on so nice many levels. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, I uh, love the. It, it was just the broness of Bale and Obi Wan. Oh yeah. But, yeah. And again, Bale expresses his concern about the growing might of the empire uh kenobi tells him that they can they can count on him um and bale says i hope that day never comes Mm -hmm. kind of attitude uh which i thought was really nice Mm -hmm. and then we have probably for me personally my favorite scene in the entire series it is amazing to where kenobi tells leia about her parents it's so beautiful yeah. because now he's able to to make the differences between vader yeah. and anakin mm-hmm. vader is not her father mm-hmm. anakin was yeah. her father yeah um and so basically telling leia that, that she is wise discerning and kind-hearted which are qualities of her mother but she's also passionate fearless and fortright just like her father was Mm-hmm. that her parents were exceptional people who bore an exceptional daughter. Yeah. Mm. It was, ah, oh man. And he was, the thing is, he's like, I wish I could tell you more. And she's just like, well, she looks okay. at her parents and is like, it's okay. You don't have yeah. to. <laughs> she, and it was so good. And I, I enjoyed that a lot. And so Kenobi looks like he's packing up back on Tatooine. I think he's going to his home that we see in A New yeah. Hope. Time out for uh, a second. Time out for a second. I do yes. want to mention, I loved getting to see Leia make Obi-Wan laugh for probably like the first time in a decade. The first time ever like, in his life. Yeah. He really just needed... Sorry. He really just needed, you know, that little... I don't know. You just felt that sense of relief. Like, it was hard, but they made it. Yeah. And now they can... Yeah. Well, and I love Mm -hmm. with kind of in the same way. I love how much humor there is in this episode, despite Mm -hmm. like the high drama. Like, just like the the door opening while they're waiting at the landing pad at Aldron, and they see Obi Wan. But then Leia sees Lola and is more excited (laughs) about that. (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah, it's um, well done. Some good stuff. Yeah. yeah, it is well done. But anyway, so I'm assuming he's going back. He's finally moving into his, his place uh, where we see Anna New Hope. But he goes and he sees Owen one more time. And then he says, you know what? Luke should just be an ordinary boy. Mm-hmm. The future will take care of itself. And so he says that that job is for to protect the child is yours and Baru's mm. job yeah. to do. Uh, to where again, Owen, ah man, so good. Um, to where he he's just like, do you want to meet him? No. And we get the line that everyone's <laughs> been waiting for this entire series. He says, "Hello there." I face palmed when it awesome. happened. I like smacked my forehead. I was like, "Of course they." Did. <laughs> of course they did it in that way too. I know. In that way. But I think the the scene that everybody, this is where I think we're gonna we're gonna talk through some things uh, as well because I've I've heard people 
complain about this already. Uh, of course it would. Um, but while approaching Beggar's Canyon, yep. Kenobi is greeted by the force ghost of his late master, Kwai Gon. <laughs> yeah. uh, again, Kenobi is surprised to see his master there. Um, but Qui-Gon replies that he's been there the entire time. He was just not ready <laughs> to see. Yes. And they said that they still have some distance to travel together mm-hmm. as they head through Baker's Canyon. And that is how we end Obi-Wan. It's so Kenobi. good. Yeah. It was amazing. So the question that I have heard is Qui-Gon Jinn does not have a force ghost. How does he have a force ghost? This breaks the canon. <laughs> it does. It does not. Does not. No, it does not break the canon. It doesn't shatter <laughs> no. the canon. It just changes it one detail. It doesn't shatter the canon. <laughs> well, and I think Qui Gon Jinn retained his consciousness. Mm-hmm. His training still continues. Yeah. yeah. Who's to say so, the Force beings after they've died still can't continue to learn yeah. things? And we know. And exactly. we know that he's active even after his death in the prequels. Because whenever mm-hmm. Anakin is slaying sand people, you hear Qui Gon screaming. It's, it's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, those people. Oh, I'm just going <laughs> to take a break. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. So, I don't think there was a yes. better way that they could have done Qui Gon in in this series. I think. We yeah. had just enough of him that we needed to, and mm-hmm. um, of course, I'm glad to see him Le- to see Liam Neeson back again. Again, the only problem with that I have with it is now I want more questions. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I want more questions. And I'm not sure that we're gonna. No, get I don't it, think so. No, we won't. But that's okay. That that is perfectly okay. I'm fine with yeah. that. Um, because actually we will be getting more of Qui-Gon in the oh, Tales of the Jedi. Oh, yeah. We will, so, but early Qui-Gon. And we will get more Liam Neeson also as Qui-Gon again. So yeah. I'm excited for that. But yeah, I thought this was a beautiful way. And I think for why he didn't show up before completely makes yeah. sense. Like Kenobi was not ready. Well, not even just that he wasn't ready. Um, but he, I think there's very much something to say about Obi-Wan's connection to the Force. He had effectively mm-hmm. shut himself off in the first episode. Yeah. And then by the last mm-hmm. episode, he is probably more connected than he's ever been in his life. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But the series as a whole, how do we feel about this series? It is wonderful. 10 yeah, 10 out of 10. 11 out of 10. <laughs> it's so 11 good. out of 10. Yeah. No, I don't I- have any. I don't have really any criticisms. There are no regrets. No qualms. There's nothing else I wished for mm-hmm. that really matter. Yeah. <laughs> it was all yeah. so good. And I loved every second. I think the difference for me in this show than in any other show, and the example I will use is the Book of Boba Fett. Mm. Okay. Mm. With the Book of Boba Fett... There were criticisms for it, and I would say a good majority of them were valid, I would say. Um, I I mean, I still defended the show and be like, hey, quit complaining. Uh, It doesn't matter, the things that you're complaining about. Mm -hmm. Uh, It doesn't ruin the story in any way. 
but I found myself getting tired of defending it, you know? Mm-hmm. With Obi-Wan Kenobi, I don't think I will ever get to that point. Mm-hmm. No, I will defend it I, forever. I, I think I will <laughs> defend it to the death because I think most of the criticisms that I've heard have to do with personal preference and personal expectations. Yeah, I agree. Um, and... I've just never heard, probably since The Last Jedi, maybe The Rise of Skywalker, (laughs) a fandom that has been so tainted by... The dark side. By the dark side, (laughs) yes. By terrible criticism. Criticism that doesn't hold any weight. Um, Because they said, we should get more Clone Wars flashbacks, or this story needs to do exactly what we want yeah no it does not absolutely not. it absolutely does not because no one was saying that in 1977 no yes yeah. i get it i understand like it's the first story so there's like no expectations we could have that should be our expectation every single time we go into a star wars movie mm-hmm. i agree these are stories that are not being told by us but being told by other people mm-hmm. within the star wars universe Mm-hmm. So, no, we do not get to sit there unless we're in a writing room session and create our own stories <laughs> of what we think should happen. You know? Yeah. That's what um, fan fiction is for. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If you want something to happen, write your own fan fiction. Just don't make it romantic and I'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Obi-Wan and Padme were never a thing. Yeah. Exa- stop. Oh, my gosh. Stop. <laughs> exactly. And I, I don't know. We I don't know if I mentioned you this. Did. We might have mentioned this you on did. the on this. OK, so like, obviously, there's just so many people who went into this and came to the wrong conclusions on a lot of things and ruined the show for themselves. Yep. And th- the only thing I will say that may be a fair criticism of this show, because I've, I have this criticism that I'm working through right now. And it's the fact that there, there, there are times to where the production value of the show seems somewhat fan fiction. Uh, and again, it may be due to me not being used to the technology being used in the show. Right. Um, that it seems that I'm just not like maybe in a month or two, I'll feel differently about yeah. it. But as of right now, there just sometimes it seems very fan fiction but at the same time it doesn't at all ruin my enjoyment of the and series. and by fan fiction do you mean like it seems more like a fan, fan film, film? Yes, yeah yeah i'm, I'm assuming that you're yes that's i'm what assuming that you're say. saying that based off of the the appearance rather than the writing which Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. Like story-wise, it is crisp. It's it's clean. Yeah. It's on top of everything. A very very Star Wars like quality yeah. in terms mm-hmm. of story. I just think that the how it looks, how it was shot at times, looks yeah. very fan filmish. Well, and and there might be some actual things behind that of like they had to put the budget somewhere, and some some exactly. things went through the cracks, and that's okay because it's the story mm-hmm. that we're here for. But yeah exactly and and i think the story is what made me say i really don't yeah. care <laughs> like I, it's not a big deal to me uh i think it was still a, a, a probably of the live action shows it's it's number mm-hmm. one it has mm-hmm. to be number one 
Um, and also just a, another series that I'm going to be coming back to often. And even since like mm-hmm. part six has finished, like I've already gone back and watched it uh-huh. several times Same. since then. <laughs> but any, any closing thoughts, any final thoughts on Obi-Wan Kenobi? I'm honestly just so thankful that we got this series in general and mm-hmm. like just I'm a really grateful fan right now. I loved it. So thank you. Thank you, Lucasfilms and Star Wars and everyone, Deborah Chow. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> it was so good. And so Abby, thank you so much for joining us on this thank episode. We had such a great job. Uh, great job. We had such a great time. <laughs> it was an honor. We had, yeah, we had such a great time talking with you through this. Abby will be back uh, very, very soon to talk through the Padme trilogy. We're still doing it. We still got to talk so about it. It'll be super, super great. Uh, so for Abby, for Luke, this is David Gonzalez on the Star Wars Historian Show here on the Gazebo Effect Network. And until next time, may the Force be with you. <laughs>